0: Welcome back to Masters of the Cultureverse. We are in the middle of our The Boys rewatch leading up to Season 2. I am Caleb Edward Edley, here with my co-host as always, Clay Strowman. How you doing, Clay? What's up, Caleb? You ready to talk more of The Boys? I am ready to talk more of The Boys. I love The Boys. It's awesome. It is awesome.
1: It's badass. It's funny. It's dark. Some interesting themes, some dope action, just all around solid show. Checking all the boxes. All of them every last
0: one <laughs> so episode two is called cherry it was written by Eric Kripke directed by Matt Shackman now I've got very appropriately
1: story. and and purposely called cherry
0: yes I've got trivia fact number one right off the bat to do with the uh, the episode title so we have the uh, the title of the episode obviously cherry we have the deep who says the line catch my dive in the water is fucking cherry so that's number one. Cherry is also the title of issues number 3 through 6 in the comics. Cherry Bomb is also a 1976 hit from the Runaways and the outro to the episode. Uh, I don't speak French, but I, I would imagine it's pronounced like "Cherry" is uh, cherry in French. Um
1: did you just lie when you said you don't speak French?
0: I didn't lie. I don't I don't speak
1: French. Cuz that sounded that sounded natural. It sounded like you were born speaking that way.
0: I I can do the accent comically well, um, and I think that helped.
1: More of a Pepe Le Pew type situation? A oui oui. <laughs> there
0: we go. Uh, so it's uh, Cherry in French, and it's the name of Frenchie's girlfriend who, who rigs the apartment at the uh, end of the episode. And Cherry also refers to Huey popping his cherry um, for killing his first soup. So we got lot, lots of cherries all over the place. Uh, spoiler Spoiler alert right off the bat. Hey, if you're listening to this, you should have watched the episode. We're doing a rewatch.
1: And if you are listening to this and you haven't watched the episode, why were you even interested to turn this thing on in the first place?
0: <laughs> Clay's asking the real Just question.
1: Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Listen to us, then watch it. Everything will make more sense after hearing our take on it before you even see it. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. So the summary. I'm sure you could have. <laughs> the summary for this episode the boys get themselves a superhero starlight gets payback homelander gets naughty and a senator gets naughtier i just like these little like summaries that they put it's on a right great on. so funny it's
1: a great summary
0: <laughs> i want to
1: i want to think that seth Rogen is the one who's writing these ah oh, that makes
0: them even that makes them so much better let's just go with that yeah seth rogan writes these summaries from now on that's that's what we this podcast broke it here first we we got the news It's canon now. Yep, yep, yep. Not just head canon, actual canon. Actual. So, let's get right into our synopsis. Following their fight with Translucent, Billy and Huey evade the police, taking Translucent's body with them, stuffed in the trunk of the car. Billy and Huey are shocked to find that Translucent is not dead, but banging around in the trunk of their car. Huey wants to let Translucent go, but Billy is able to convince him otherwise, stating that Huey will never get revenge for Robin otherwise. He also mentions that Translucent has seen their face, so if they let him go, they're they're both pretty fucked, right? Yeah, I mean, anybody on
1: this team, the Seven, could easily kill these guys and would come get them instantly. Exactly.
0: Like, Billy can hold his own against, like, at least, like, just one of them, but I don't know if he can take all Seven at the same time.
1: And there are, I mean, I think there are a couple, of mem- I mean, a good handful of members of the Seven that he would not be able to put up a fight against, like Homelander, A-Train, Starlight. May. um. Mave, yeah, um, well, we don't really know much about Black Noir right now, no. uh, unless we get into spoiler territory, but he couldn't take him either, I don't think. I
0: don't think so, yeah, so I think, Billy's, I think Billy took <coughs> down the one he could take down.
1: Yeah, he got lucky that it was translucent. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um,
1: and I do want to mention, you, you said that they were shocked that he was like, you know, he was banging around in the trunk, he wasn't dead like they thought. Um, Shocked is an interesting way to put it because their emotions were both totally different when they heard those, you know, those noises, those thuds in the trunk. Um, Billy was more like, oh, damn it. Now we have another problem to deal with. And um, Huey was just he was just relieved. He was like, oh, thank God. Like, let's let him out. Holy crap. Like, thank God he's alive. (laughs)
0: The sense of relief Um, that washed over him was just.
1: (laughs) Right, right. And obviously these are two very different guys. So their reactions were like complete opposite. Exactly.
0: So, Billy takes Huey to see Frenchie, who questions why Billy has come to see him given that he owes him $40,000. Billy shows translucent to Frenchie, who worries that Homelander could be on his way. What do you think that $40,000 is for? I mean, I know it's not important, but I'm just curious.
1: So, Frenchie's like a gun runner. He's, um, you know, he's like an inventor a little bit. He's very much into, like, weapons and things like that. So, I'm assuming it has something to do with, like, some weapons that Billy borrowed, or something, yeah, and maybe destroyed, you know,
0: like or, or something like that.
1: Probably, it's it's hard to say. Like, they're probably not going
0: to get into it. Yeah, definitely um, not. But I just it, it's got it's got to be some like you know some vigilante shit. Sure. So, A Train visits a camp. God, I forgot, I forgot about this part. Sorry. A Train. This visits is a great. This is a great scene. It is so funny. So like <laughs> the cringe funny. Yep. A-Train visits a cancer-stricken teen boy in the hospital, which is fed onto Facebook via live stream. The boy is unhappy because he asked to meet Translucent, not A-Train. A-Train boasts that he's the fastest man in the world, leaving no impression on the boy. And so we at 7 Tower, Madeline and Ashley, the publicist, discuss Translucent's location. Ashley says that she does not know his location, and he hasn't triggered any of the motion sensors in the building. But backing up a little bit, like... Yeah, we gotta back up. They're like, they're like, uh, this is why he doesn't go off script, right? Because he just fucks right. it all up.
1: The kid and the cancer kid is hilarious. So he's, he's like, okay, this isn't translucent. I asked for translucent. That was literally my only wish.
0: <laughs> my dying.
1: And, and then H, <laughs> right. That was my only dying wish. I just wanted to meet my hero, translucent. Right. And then a train, of course, being you know the douche that he is. He's trying to, he's trying to still like kind of make it work and be like, well, buddy, like, I don't know if you you know much about me, but I'm the fastest man alive. Like, you know, I can teach you to run just as fast as me. And the kid has a great line. He says, you'll teach me to outrun cancer. Yes.
0: That line is so funny. The kid earns all his money with that line right there.
1: Right, right, and that's when Madeline and and whoever um, I guess the agent are watching it, and they're like, "Okay, we gotta keep this guy on a script. Like, this is why we can't just let him talk." Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a great scene.
1: And it's it, and it's like it's a cringy scene, but like you love to see A Train being in a situation like that where he's just like, I don't know, it it just like exposes him for kind of the douche that he is a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the douche, the fraud,
0: the like. Um, yep. Not very aware of anything that's not having to do with him.
1: Yeah, this guy's not a great dude in general. He's just like, lame.
0: Alright, so Starlight introduces herself to Black Noir, but he walks on without interacting. Ashley asks how she is settling in and tells her that she is being sent on her first patrol. Starlight says that she prefers to do her own investigations and is shocked to find that the Deep is also on patrol with her because of course Translucent was supposed to go on patrol with the Deep but since they can't find him they they threw Starlight in there.
1: Yep, yep. Um, and it, this is another one of the scenes where the uh, the what's the agent's name? Is that Ashley? Ashley, yeah. Okay. This is another one of those scenes where Starlight says something like earnest and and like uh, commendable and Ashley just responds with and that's why we love you,
0: right? Right. Every
1: single time, <laughs> like you know, normally, normally I patrol on my own. And that's why we love you, but but we gotta, um, yeah, exactly. Right. It's
0: like her deflection line. He's like, yes, and that's why we love you, but we're gonna do it. Like right. It's course. like it's just like so
1: fake. All of it's just so fake. Oh yeah.
0: I'm, she's a publicist, right? Isn't that their job? Yep. Put spin, fake, yep. fake people out.
1: Yep. Yep. And try to try to get people to um, act in a certain way within this company, like. Starlight's the only one who isn't already, like, of the personality to buy into this stuff, so she's got to be pushed a little bit by this agent.
0: Exactly. Now, after covering the walls and ceiling with foil, Frenchie, Billy, and Huey trap Translucent in in an electrified cage in the basement of a boarded-up restaurant. Frenchie is annoyed that Billy has burdened him with his problem. He says that Translucent's skin is impenetrable, making him hard to kill. He is shocked to hear that they're thinking of killing Translucent, which I don't know why he's so shocked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he's just, still this, he's just still this guy who's way out of his depth, right? right. He, he's still holding out hope that, okay, we're keeping him prisoner. He's just still holding out hope that maybe he can convince these guys not to kill uh, Translucent because he's just not, he's not about it. He's never been here before. He doesn't know how this stuff works. You know, he doesn't even know these guys that he's with at this point.
0: Sure. Do you hear that dog? I do. Is that you? No. Okay. So fun fact for all the viewers, listeners, um, my neighbors, they just put their dog on the balcony and close the door and he just sits out there and barks. It's kind of funny. He's not look. happy. It's kind he's of definitely not look. happy Yeah.
1: for good reason. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least he's at least he's uh, you know made a feature on our podcast here.
0: There we go. I, I'm going to learn his name and I'm, we're going to give him a true shout out later. But as of right now, he's just my neighbor's dog. I mean, we can give him a name.
1: What do you you think? You think he's male or female? I
0: said he. I think he's a male.
1: Okay, so um, I don't know. uh, Judging by his bark, he seems kind of like a... um, I can see him as like a Fred.
0: A Fred? All right. Yeah. We're going to call him Fred. Depending on breed, he might be a Freddy. Uh, Oh. Freddy. I think he's a Freddy. I'll send you a picture later. Okay, Okay, TBD. we'll We'll decide if it's Fred or Freddy. We'll let you know on the next podcast. Tune in. All right, so... uh,
1: Dropping bombshells here. Yeah.
0: Homelander questions Madeline as to whether she is located translucent, offering to search for him himself. Stillwell says that that is not necessary. Madeline asks whether Homelander heard about the mayor of Baltimore, questioning whether he had anything to do with the incident. Homelander says that he heard the mayor blackmailed her, and Homelander wonders how the mayor even knew about Compound V, but Madeline tells him to keep quiet.
1: And by the way, in the scene where Madeline was talking to uh, the mayor, uh, it's kind—I of, don't know—I don't know if it's easy to miss or not, but you can see Homelander casually fly by the window outside at one point. Did you pick up on that?
0: Yeah, uh, I don't think we mentioned it, but yes, I do—I do remember seeing him like just real quick.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I—I don't know if I saw that the first time that I watched the show when it originally came out. Right. So then the Homelander scene was maybe a little bit more surprising to me when he took the plane out of the sky. But on the second on the second like viewing, I definitely just saw him casually go by the window. So obviously, he was listening to that conversation.
0: Yeah. Um, and based on what we see later in this episode, I was wondering if uh, I'll save it till when we get there. But did you have something else? you Yeah. Say?
1: Yeah, I think it's also worth noting that in this scene where uh, Madeline and Homelander are kind of chatting about you know the plane going down and things like that, um, Madeline does mention that the Deep was investigating the the wreck. It was at the bottom of. Um, i don't know a harbor or something like that, and he found it, and he found two scorch marks on the engine the size of human eyes essentially right. um so there's so there's some um there's some like evidence there that 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 the deep has kind of found um and, and now Homelander knows that the deep you know found something
0: right and and es- essentially snitched on him right
1: essentially you probably i mean homelander's probably not the type of guy you want to snitch on
0: Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Huey receives numerous missed calls from his father When he returns the calls, his father expresses concerns about what happened at the A.V. store Huey's father asks him to come home So we just get a scene of Huey's dad being worried um, We see that, I mean, Huey has somebody in his life that cares about him enough to check up on him I, I think that's Yeah, that. I mean, his dad's a good guy,
1: and he yeah. loves him a lot I think
0: that's the gist of that Just wants him to come home Right home. What'd you say? Go ahead Nothing. We can keep going. (laughs) Homelander and the Deep meet at 7 Tower. During the meeting, Homelander questions why the Deep ran to Stillwell and revealed what he saw on the mayor's plane. Homelander uses the meeting as a pseudo-threat, telling the Deep that the conversation should never happen again, to which the Deep fearfully fearfully agrees. Now, this meeting is, like, so tense, because we know that Homelander knows, and the Deep obviously kind of knows something's up, because as soon as he walks in and sees nobody else is there, he's... Real nervous. He's like, oh,
1: he's like, oh, I thought we called a meeting, so um, I'll, uh, I guess I'll just leave you to it. Right. And then Homelander's home just like, well, we're meeting now, aren't we? Exactly, and the whole um, scene,
0: like the tension in it, kind of reminds me of uh, the glass of milk scene from Inglorious Bastards, like that. Yep. That kind of tension. Which obviously. Yeah, yeah,
1: because
0: yeah, I was just gonna, obviously <laughs> there's a lot more in Inglorious Bastards, but it's kind of the same kind of tensiony vibe.
1: Right, right. Because it's like, I mean, it's a situation where at one point the, you know, the the interrogating party could do something very terrible to the other party. Um, Homelander is like he's like kind of lightly like putting his hands on the deep shoulders. And at one point at the end, when he talks about, you know, we we, we're not going to have this conversation again, are we? He's got his hand actually on his throat at that point. Right. Um, Just like casually, very. very terrifyingly threatening threatening him but like very casually too exactly in the deep is already you can tell he's already very scared of homelander as anybody probably should be of course he'd be a fool not to. Be. and by the way i do want to mention i do want to mention something about anthony Starr, the guy that plays homelander uh-huh. that dude yeah. absolutely kills this role like he he does such a good job of of capturing that like that like menace, but also that like charm that's there too. Right. Um, just a really like I didn't know anything about this actor until he was Homelander, and I think he absolutely killed it.
0: Same. You know who he kind of reminds me of? Like, who's that? Looks wise and the acting in this role in particular, but like Bradley Cooper from Wedding Crashers.
1: I guess I can kind of see it. I think he uh, honestly, I do think he has a similar kind of like face.
0: Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like his yeah. face really kind of looks like a. Bradley Cooper's and um and then the characters are kind of similar but I think it's the yeah that really gets me
1: yeah and, th- and now now that he's kind of like been so good in this in this role a lot of people want to see him in like big budget superhero movies or just like in other stuff like I want to see more of this guy myself um I've heard people fan casting him as like reverse flash and things like that I think this guy could do whatever That'd I would be watch interesting
0: him. if the DC movies didn't suck so much I want to see him in something better
1: yeah, yeah, we need to give it a few years. Um, hopefully they can get those movies back on track and then maybe we can uh, give some of these actors roles that are actually good. Fingers crossed. We'll see, but uh, I'm not going to, I don't know, I'm not going to squeeze my fingers together too hard on that one. Right.
0: So coming back, Frenchy works on uh, creating a bullet coated in the same material translucent skin, which I really liked this scene um, with the music and just him like vibing and fucking... Being a chemist and creating all this shit is just a cool little scene. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's listening to this like this like cool French rap music, right. which I didn't even really know was a thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's showing off the fact that he's got these chemistry skills. He's got these like engineering skills, and, and he's he's really just kind of like a good guy to have around in in these types of situations. He can do a bunch of different stuff. Exactly.
0: So he's making that bullet in the hopes that it will be enough to penetrate uh, translucent skin and kill him. So Billy fires the shot. However, it bounces off his skin, and Translucent laughs cheerfully, claiming that he's invincible, and it is only a matter of time until the seven come for him. Unnoticed, the bullet has damaged the foil shielding on the ceiling. So, which, by the
1: way, we didn't really mention, is to to block like the GPS signal from their from the the seven satellites and things like that. Exactly. The bot satellites, can't be tracked. yeah. And this bullet ricochets like hell off this guy.
0: Yeah, I was um, I was a little worried. This I mean, it was a good.
1: Right, it was a good idea, right? It was a solid concept to try out, but um, it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely like an unstoppable force, immovable object type of situation, and, and nothing gave. Not at all. Not, not one inch.
0: That foil, that's <laughs> no. what
1: <I> <laughs> Yeah, the foil gave. But hey, that just uh, allows us to move the plot forward a little bit.
0: There we go. At seven tower, due to the damaged foil, the team are able to find Translucent's locator within a ten block area. Madeline sends a security team telling them to search door-to-door if necessary, and she tells them to be discreet. I guess they were pretty discreet. Um, Yeah, yeah, I guess so. At the docks, the Deep and Starlight investigate the case handed to them by Ashley. The Deep is angry that he has been handed low-level cases, believing that he could be so much more. Starlight lashes out over what happened the previous night. The Deep scoffs at her hurt feelings. Starlight reveals that she found out that he is not number two in the seven, but is laughed at by everyone and is just the fish guy. The two apprehend apprehend a series Uh of thugs smuggling pills through the docks, ironically hidden in Homelander toys, and Vaught uses the bust as publicity opportunity, which shocks and annoys Starlight. But yeah, we got the in episode 1 we thought he was number 2. We're like, "Oh, this is the number 2 guy. He's abusing his power." Then we find out he's just an asshole abusing no power that he like imaginary power.
1: I mean, knowing what we knew about the deep, like we didn't know much, but did we really think he was number 2 there?
0: Aquaman would never be number 2. No, of course not.
1: Maybe maybe Jason Momoa Aquaman. Sure. But <laughs> sure, sure. not not this uh not this more more classic like I don't know like this guy like he kind of came off as a
0: joke from the get-go a little bit oh yeah he's definitely Um, a parody of that like uh super friends era aquaman for sure for sure and they even
1: spoiler alert there is even a dolphin involved later on yeah Um, (laughs) um but but yeah and this is where this is where um starlight basically tells the deep She's like, look, I realize I've been asking around about you. You're not number two. You're just the fish guy. And next time you fuck with me, basically, like, I will burn your eyes out of your skull. Like, I will kill you. Right. Yes. Um, and yeah, and it seems to kind of stick at that point for the deep.
0: Yeah, he, he realizes he fucked with the wrong person. Right. And then this is
1: this scene is where we get his uh, it was fucking cherry line.
0: <laughs> right. Which I have you ever heard anybody do something cool and be like, ah, oh, it was fucking cherry.
1: Um, No, I haven't, but I think I'm going to start saying that myself, honestly. I'm going to see if I can get it to catch on.
0: Uh, uh, We'll see what happens. Let me know how that goes for you.
1: Okay, I'm mainly just going to be saying it to you, and I'm just going to be waiting to see if you repeat it at some point,
0: but we'll (laughs) see how it plays out. I'm going to keep a It's Fucking Cherry uh, counter.
1: A counter? (laughs) Sounds good. We'll rack them up a little bit.
0: There we go. So... At her house, Billy lies in wait for Susan Rayner, deputy director of the CIA, congratulating her on the promotion and asking to see some of her files, including Translucent, which I think the other files, I mean, he might, he's probably going to use them, but I think that was mostly a smokescreen, so she didn't realize what he was, what he actually wanted.
1: Oh, of course, of course, he mentions like a couple different heroes and then says, oh, and Translucent if you got him."
0: Right, exactly. So Rainer questions why he wants to see the file, and Billy admits that he's looking to kill him, and perhaps could find something in the files. Rainer, however, says that the files are buried, and even she will not dig them up. She calls them the Mallory files. So uh, we learn they have a past, and it appears Billy u- has used her for information before. He's like, seduced her and gotten information or some kind of other, other thing out of her, and so she's a little jaded by that.
1: She Yeah, she's fed up. She's not willing to help really at all. Right. And she basically says, get the fuck out of my house.
0: Yeah. Huey questions Translucent on Robin's death. He asks where A-Train was going in such a rush, saying that he knows they were tight. Uh, Frenchy notices a truck pull up. Grabbing his gun, Translucent says that he can read Huey, who is scared and in over his head. Despite the truck driving off, Vaught security forces poke around the building, but leave before noticing Frenchy and the others which I thought this translucent Huey scene was, was well-written and well-acted, the whole. Yeah,
1: it's, it's an interesting conversation between these two. Yeah. We're translucent, you know, he, we're used to him standing around naked and just kind of like watching people. Sure. Um, and here he basically says, like, you know, my power's not invisibility. My real power is reading people, mm-hmm. you know. I've spent so much time just being invisible, walking around, just kind of like checking people out. Like, I can read you like a book and you're scared. Like, you need to get out of here
0: which it's, it's a solid read. Like Huey definitely Absolutely. Was really scared. He was thinking about heading for the hills anyway. And so I think he's just trying to push him in that direction. He obviously can already see that. Like if you, if you're invisible that much and you just watch people, if you're, you're going to learn how to read body language and all that good shit. Yeah. And he actually, there's
1: actually an example of this a little bit later in the episode, whenever they're looking at the, uh, the cameras and they see Homelander flying by like around the building. Mm-hmm. Um, The door is shut, but he can see Huey through the window, and he's just watching him. And uh, he sees that Huey's, like, scared. He's kind of freaking out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Translucent just says in that moment, he's like, Homelander.
0: Oh, I thought he was reading his lips. I mean, that's probably part
1: of it, too. That's still reading.
0: Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think I could (laughs) read anybody's lips from that distance that well through glass.
1: I think it's probably a little bit of both. He could probably... Maybe well I don't know if Huey like actually said the word Homelander in the moment that they showed us that he was looking at him.
0: No, yeah, I'd have to go um, back and rewatch. But that was just the my initial like, need, oh, he's reading his lips. But the I mean, it's probably it's probably a little bit of both. Definitely because yeah, I mean, the fear. Like what else wilds, would Huey be right. scared? Yeah.
1: Right, right. And they, I mean, I'm sure Translucent knew, like, he knew that his boys were coming for him. He knew that Homelander probably wanted to kind of take it into his own hands and, like, personally look for him and things like that. And it was only a matter of time at that point. And when he saw them getting really scared, he probably knew what was going down pretty, pretty easily there. Yeah, exactly.
0: At a Vought fundraiser, Madeline meets with the senator, saying that nobody will put supers into national defense. He says that nobody wants to outsource as America runs on weapons. I personally thought America ran on don't Duncan, but here we are. He does, however, say Well, I think it's I think they go hand in hand, really. Yeah. Ah, yes. Weapons Duncan. Yes. I need my Glock and my iced coffee stat.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. That's how I start my day.
0: (laughs) Uh he says America runs on weapons. Uh, he does, however, say that he'd be scared to have Homelander on the front line. He he says he was a Marine, and if he saw Homelander on the front line with him, he'd be he'd be afraid. He expresses concern that the heroes belong to Madeline. She says, "My heroes will do this," and he goes, "Exactly, they're your heroes." Which I thought it was interesting because I don't I don't know that the general public knows that Homelander's like such a, a douchebag, but he obviously would be fearful if he was on the same side as homelander so i thought that was pretty interesting
1: yeah yeah i think i think at the end of the day everybody still knows that homelander is this unchecked like weapon of mass destruction sure. like at the end of the day yeah. um i think it's just i think it's a really interesting concept to even think about in the first place like putting here putting these super powered heroes under contract in the military you know essentially taking over the military and turning it into like a super powered force that's that's a super interesting uh, concept to me.
0: Well, you know what comic did that? Um, tell me. Watchmen. They uh fought in Vietnam. Oh yeah, yeah. They I mean, doc, fuck, damn, Doctor Manhattan was out there in Vietnam. Yeah, he was fucking shit up.
1: <laughs> that's yeah. That's probably what we can kind of imagine uh, Homelander would be like to a lesser extent because he's he's I mean, invulnerable, but he's not a god to the same level that Doctor Manhattan is. No, definitely. Not. That um, guy is just, he's got it all.
0: We'll have to talk about Watchmen at some point, because I'm curious. Actually,
1: a thinking. very, yeah, I th- Watchmen is definitely a very interesting show to to even mention when we're talking about the boys, because it's it's very much the same concept, you know, deconstructing the whole superhero comic book, um, you know, like vibe in the first place. Right. Watchmen really just wanted to tear all that down and show like what it could look like at its worst. And that's what the boys, that's exactly what the boys is
0: doing. Exactly. I would agree. It's just uh, the boys is doing it in a mod modern setting, whereas uh, Watchmen did their whole alternate timeline kind of thing.
1: Right, right.
0: Walking home late at night, Starlight saves a woman from being raped by two men, beating them up. Unbeknownst to her, the scene is being video recorded. So we, s- we know some shit's gonna happen once you see that camera turn from like a regular camera to like that CCTV kind of camera.
1: Yeah. You know, some shit's come. Yeah, and she's. Yeah, and she's in plain clothes for this. So that's like kind of the main issue here. Right. Um, wouldn't have been an issue if nobody caught it on camera. But now they know that this is Annie January. Um, and there's actually somebody who I think they show like a Facebook post or a tweet or something where somebody's like, I know that girl. That's Annie January. I went to high school with her. She was bulimic.
0: So <laughs> yeah. it's like this whole it's like this whole thing. They do mention that. We got one paragraph. Yeah, we get there. Frenchie tries unsuccessfully to kill Translucent. He tries to offer Huey MDMA and LSD to calm him, which Huey refuses. And then, and then he pops it himself, which I thought was interesting. He's like, hey, you, you're <laughs> And then he's like, nothing. He's like, all right, fuck it. And then he takes it.
1: He just runs at a high level with that stuff.
0: He's used to it. He really does. And I feel like he, he popped some acid or something right before he started making that bullet, if I, if I remember. I'm pretty you. sure he did. Yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure he did.
0: Frenchy reveals that he works in quite a few fields, but is a gun runner by trade. He says uh, for the most part, he tries to figure out ways to kill supers. Meanwhile, the senator is tricked into having sex with shapeshifter Doppelganger, who takes advantage of him taking incriminating photos after shifting into a male. So we'll break these two things down. I really... Uh, the only reason I want to break down the Frenchy scene is because I thought that monologue was really good, and the, the performance was, like, really good. Like... What about, whenever Huey
1: asked him, like, so what are you, like a chemist or whatever?
0: Right, and then he goes on about what he is, and then Huey asks him, like, about killing people, and he, he goes on this story talking about this beautiful woman, the most beautiful girl he'd ever seen, and then he he goes on, and you find out that was the first woman that he killed, but, right. because they make it sound um, like, at first, like, this is a, the woman he fell in love with or something, and... and then you mm-hmm. find out later that that was his first kill, but the way he describes yeah. her and, and the performance given it was—I I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, and this is this is a scene where like Huey, he wants to. You can tell he's starting to think about okay, what are the ramifications of me maybe being involved in a murder here? Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to like see what this guy's take is on it, and uh, in Frenchie at one point toward the end of that that kind of monologue that he has, he he says like each one of these like murders, each kill. It stays with you kind of like a scar right like it's it's like part of you you know i remember everybody i've ever killed and they're with me like a scar
0: yeah so you 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 see that it does weigh on him and and maybe that's why he's always taking lsd and and mdma and all that to try to kind of numb that but you see that it it really has carried because i feel like that's the most sober we've seen him the most sober and and honest
1: yeah he's normally just like like i don't know like in what the fuck billy butcher mode Pretty like much, yeah, you drug yeah. me in you that's dragged me into this like on, yeah. right right yeah. like you dragged me into this you're making me do this this and this blah 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 and then he gets like very real with huey in this scene
0: exactly and then we have the part with the senator who uh, went back to the his hotel room with the uh, the bartender he, he the was the bartender there. yeah well she was a woman at the time and she was hot so sure, sure. so that's why he takes it back but then <laughs> She blindfolds him, and and as they're having sex, she shapes, shapeshifts into a man and takes some incriminating photos. And
1: yeah, this uh, not just any man either. Like she didn't shapeshift into Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> like this was this man was fat, ugly. Yes, not, not middle-aged really man. <laughs> no.
0: Now Ashley questions Starlight over the footage of her beating up the men, revealing that she has blown her secret identity. Ashley says that there is no woman in the video, and all the video shows is Starlight beating up two innocent men. Ashley says that Starlight must have meetings with legal and crisis management following the outburst, and this is where we got the scene you were talking about earlier with um, I know her. She's right. uh, We went to high school, and she was bulimic, and
1: she was bulimic. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's very much. I mean, like these characters, obviously they have they do have um, secret identities, which is you know something that we don't see a whole lot in other um like superhero movies and things like that like the marvel movies they don't really deal with super, uh, with secret identities the dc movies Which not really to but say, to an uh, extent
0: a lost uh what's the word i'm looking for it's it they sh- they should opportunity yes lost opportunity thank you
1: yeah yeah because that's i mean that's one of the most interesting things about superheroes like they have these alter egos and um in the marvel movies like spider-man was the only one who had one at the beginning but and then he started telling you know people throughout the movies and then it obviously we know what happened at the end of uh, far from home that's not you know the identity is not really a thing anymore
0: and to go down a little bit of a tangent here I feel like most of yes 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 to all that and also the Marvel movies I feel like the heroes they've gone with so far can operate without secret identities like Daredevil he still has his in, in That old that TV show that's no more, but right Thor, he's like a god, so he doesn't really need. He's a god. He has no yeah. He has no need. Bruce Banner, he kind of just morphs into the Hulk, so we see that Captain America, he was in the army, like like the heroes they chose don't really have a need for it, and I don't know if they chose them because of that or if that just happened to to coincide. But we're going off on a tangent that we can we can discuss some other time. But I just I mean
1: also. also, not to mention that Tony Stark literally just says, I'm Iron Man at the end of the movie.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I think that was that was the domino that like knocked all the other ones down there. Like he doesn't have one. Nobody else needs one. Right, right. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to add about crisis management and legal and all that?
1: Um, I, I think it's, it's just a scene that kind of shows like how important PR is to Vought sure. um, as a company. Um, it's like this uh, is the
0: first time we see Ashley actually like freak out right
1: she freaked out (laughs) she was really mean
0: yeah and I we hadn't seen that up until this point she was the nice like yes that's why we love you but we're gonna do that but here she's like all right you fucked us
1: yeah yeah. Um, yeah it just shows how important PR is to this company it's maybe their most it's maybe the most important thing to them actually keeping keeping the narrative what they want it to be exactly that's how you keep the money coming in exactly
0: all right. So Stillwell meets with the senator, revealing two photographs from the previous night. Stillwell says that she knows he had sex with Doppelganger, and she plans to use the photographs to blackmail the senator about the national defense. And then we see that Stillwell isn't actually Stillwell, but is Doppelganger. That's how. Uh, he yep. Notes. That's how they prove it. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he's, um, he's trying to say, oh, they're doctored or whatever. But-,
1: but right, he's like, I know for a fact that I was having sex with a woman. You know she was a woman before the blindfold went on exactly um so um so yeah yeah it's it's interesting to see to see doppelganger kind of like reveal himself in that moment and still well comes in all smug like yeah you know we gotcha exactly
0: um homelander goes to crime analytics asking if they have found translucent he is concerned because translucent has been missing for over 24 hours homelander expresses his wish to find translucent himself but Annika is concerned that he needs uh, that she needs excuse me Stillwell's approval however with a push from Homelander she vi- she reveals Translucent's last known position Frenchy realizes that Translucent has a tough shell like a turtle but his insides are l- normal like a human so after rend- I cannot speak Jesus Christ after rendering him unconscious Frenchy reveals that he has stuck a bomb in his rectum that can be triggered by a remote detonator translucent begs for his life saying that he knows information about where A-Train was going the night of Robin's death. He reveals ah, information about Popclaw A-Train's girlfriend. So we, he, at this moment he knows he's fucked. We start getting the the water the waterfall of information like anything he can say to yep. save his
1: skin. Yeah, as soon as he as soon as they let him know about that like what is it a stick of um Pla- plastique. Yeah. yeah, plastique, yeah. So as soon as they let him know about that like his whole entire um, like his whole entire vibe changes. He gets instantly scared. He's instantly super nervous. He knows that he's been beaten at this point and they can kill him if, if they want to. Right. And what's funny is that like Frenchie being the resourceful, like clever guy that he is, literally there was just like a random TV show on and he saw a turtle go across the screen. Exactly. And he got this idea. He was like, yeah, this guy's got, you know, this outside shell like a turtle, but inside it's all soft like a human.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, so it's just just a really clever way of beating this dude.
0: Clever that Frenchie. Yeah, he'll do it to you. (laughs) Frenchie says that Homelander is nearby, which frightens Huey. Frenchie warns that pulling the detonator will alert Homelander to their location. Homelander confronts Frenchie while Translucent escapes from his cage but is threatened by Huey. Billy remotely triggers an explosion at Frenchie's place nearby, drawing Homelander to investigate. In the basement, fearing Translucent would wreck everything, Huey presses the detonator, blowing Translucent to pieces. And so, uh, let's just break down that. There's a lot, a lot happens in a little bit of time, but that we just can't discuss. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, so it's an exciting uh, end to this, to this episode here, and, you know, you mentioned that he blows him up, but you didn't mention that he, you know, kind of decided to let him go before he decided to, to hit the, the trigger which is kind of interesting. Right, and Um, he
0: he looks at that that poster that he's been looking at all episode. We haven't mentioned it yet, but it says, like, keep your hands clean. Keep your your hands clean, yep. And um, (laughs) he looks at that right before he blows him up, and I guess at that moment he's deciding, well, because it's a baby, with spaghetti all over him, so it's spaghetti true, it's on true, it's true, it's, true, but it. But the baby is dirty, so that's the the juxtaposition. Right. it's
1: the baby is not only dirty; it kind of looks similar to how Huey looks when he has translucent like blood and guts all over him. Exactly, exactly. Like exactly. I'm sure that that's not just like coincidental. Oh, like, yeah, not, Tomato not really. sauce, like like spaghetti sauce and stuff.
0: Exactly. Um, um, but yeah, no. A very resourceful of Frenchie and and Butcher getting. Uh, a to to uh, blow the bomb yeah. at Frenchie's place to to distract Homelander, and then they can really blow up uh, Translucent.
1: Right, right, and then we get to see Homelander doing his like super cop thing. He goes up to Frenchie and he's like, "Can I see some ID? Like, what are you doing hanging out out here?" <laughs> things right. like that. And, and Frenchie's just kind of trying to like, like I don't know, gift a gab him a little bit, just trying to like talk him in circles, wasting time, things like that.
0: Exactly. I did have Um, a a question. So, Billy and Frenchie don't discuss their plan with Huey before they go out to the band, because they kind of leave him, and he's like, what are we doing? And Mm -hmm. we know that they're going to draw Homelander away because we we see the the phone call and all that. But Huey doesn't know that, and he still blows up Translucent. So he could have fucked them right then and there if... um, Homelander was still there. Am, am I wrong on that?
1: So, so I was kind of wondering about that myself. I didn't. I don't remember like seeing a moment where they told him specifically what they were going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Billy and Frenchie. Um, speaking of Huey, so I, I think that you're right about that. I think that. I think that regardless of the consequences, Huey kind of makes his decision in that situation.
0: Right. And I'm I'm curious as to what pushes him to risk that to blow up because translucent is a shithead. But he didn't kill Robin, so like, what what was his enus? I guess to to actually do that and risk Homelander fucking them all up.
1: Yeah, I I think it's more I think it's more okay. It's less of a logical decision on Huey's part. I think it's more of a like character moment for him, sure. like than anything. Okay, um, because they have this conversation. Well, okay, so first of all. Translucent, he escapes from the cage, right? He, um, He Huey had given him this glass of water earlier in the episode. Uh, Translucent pisses in it, dumps it on the circuitry for the the cage and it opens up. You know, he's a smart guy too. I guess he's pretty resourceful himself. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Um, And as they're talking, basically, you know, Huey's holding the trigger to the bomb and um, Translucent's kind of pleading with him or like trying to persuade him to let him go for this reason and that reason. And Huey, you know, being Huey at this point is like, okay, you know what? I, I can't kill this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I just kind of got to let him go. And then it's almost like something like, I don't know, something like snapped within Huey as he saw Translucent like about to walk out the door. Right. And he just decided in that moment, like, you know what, I actually am going to fight. Click,
0: boom. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I'll buy it.
1: Um, yeah, it's it's just a, it's an interesting, you know, he wanted to pop his sherry there.
0: There we go. Speaking of that, <laughs> trivia fact number two here. In the comics, Huey Campbell's first super kill is Blarney Cock, a, a character... What a name. In the show. However. A hell of a name. Cool name. <laughs> However, in the series, his first he first kills Translucent. Another difference, Blarney's death was an accident, but Translucent's death was intentional. So, there we go.
1: Yeah, we might... Even though their characters started off pretty differently... Like, we might see some overlap in personality between the comic and the show version with Huey making this, like, intentional decision to, to cross the line at the end of this episode here. Right.
0: Exactly. I'm excited because I, I can't remember what happens in uh, episode three, so I'm excited to get into that and see what happens.
1: Yeah, I can't remember it either, so <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, the show came out a while ago, right?
0: Yeah, like, I'm actually Was this like a year how ago? quickly they they put season two out? Cause it was, a, it was a year ago that it came
1: out. So, so I was actually looking, you know, I was, I was looking up some different details about the show and the production and things like that earlier today. Mm-hmm. And, um, I came across something that basically said that they had already finished filming season two, like a long time ago. So it only took them five months to film season one, which is like very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think they just got right into season two after that and just started, started filming. So, Awesome. Um, they've just been working on it this whole time, I guess.
0: I like that, whereas Westworld, I have to wait two years. I like just waiting another one year for um, more of the boys. So.
1: Right, right. With Westworld, you have to wait two years for a show that's going to have you just like sitting there confused. With this one, <laughs> with this one, they bang these episodes out quick in terms of filming. They just give it to us quick, and it's a more fun show. So yeah. all around, it's, it's a more streamlined uh, experience there. Well, there you go. It's got the clay stamp
0: of approval. Yeah, it's got it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us on episode two of our The Boys Rewatch. This is Masters of the Cultureverse. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at masters.cultureverse, and we'll see you later with episode three, Get Some. See you guys later.
1: All right, y'all. Remember to come back and tune in for episode three.
0: I think this episode was fucking cherry.
1: I think so, too. See, what did I tell you? I already got you saying it.
0: Big um, addition I you gonna know. go